And hello, and welcome back to the Wild About Animals podcast. I'm your host, Jose, and I'm glad to be here with you guys for today. So before we get started with today's show, we have one quick announcement for you guys. So as I'm pretty sure you guys saw, if you followed our Facebook page at Wild About Animals at Facebook, which you should be because it's a good way to stay connected with the Wild family, and you get all the news and all the stuff that's coming up. Um, Pretty much I told you guys in a picture that you know what today's show is going to be about. It's going to be about giant pandas. And I decided that it would just be easier just to tell you what it's going to be instead of just throwing these hints and stuff because it just makes people get confused and they don't know what's going on. And part of the announcement is on Sunday, this coming Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, for those who need a time zone, there will be an actual set schedule for the next three weeks in May about what's coming to you guys for this and it'll follow each month afterwards. I just personally felt that it would make it easier if everybody knew what was coming instead of just trying to guess what it was. So, if you guys, again, if you're not following on our Facebook page, go there and make sure you're following because that's the best way to keep up to date on the news and the schedule of what's coming. I hope you guys are ready for the show. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after these commercial breaks. Hey guys, this is your host Jose from the Wild About Animals podcast, and I just wanted to ask you guys, have you ever wondered if you guys could send me questions and I could answer you guys' live while the show was going on? Well, now I can. Thanks to Anchor, there's a link that I sent you guys on the Facebook page at Wild About Animals on Facebook, where if you leave me your questions, whether you type them or you can leave a voice message, I can actually answer it live while the show is going on. So if you really got some questions, go ahead and click that link and start today. Welcome back, guys, and I hope you guys enjoyed the announcement. And remember, if you have any questions, like I said, leave them on the link on the Facebook page, and I'll answer them for you live on the next show. Okay, so we're here to talk about the giant pandas, those cute, adorable, bear-like faces that we all know and love that eat bamboo in China. That's probably about as much, you know, the typical person's knowledge of panda bears will go. But we're going to dive in a little deeper than that because there's some things that pandas that I didn't even know myself that you guys may not know either. Now, giant pandas, also called panda bears, are bear-like mammals inhabiting the bamboo forest in the mountains in central China. And they have the very noticeable striking coat of black and white combined with the round body and the round face that gives it its oh-so-famous, cute, cuddly appearance that everyone loves to death. Now, the, the cool thing about the giant panda's name is it's just a nickname. Um... It's just a nickname for the panda because there's no specifically one larger than the others. Now, there's bigger pandas than each other, but there's no, like, variety of species of them because it's just one panda. I guess the giant panda just, it came into effect because there's a giant panda and there's a red panda who's, like, a distant cousin of the panda. Um, And that's, you know, a podcast later down the line where we'll explain that difference for you guys, but... Just, when I say giant panda, think of the bear one, the red one, is the raccoon one. Now, back on track. (laughs) Sorry about that. Now, like I said before, they do live in the dense bamboo forest, and they live in about the altitudes of, like, 5,000 to 10,000 feet in the mountains in China, where typically there's more, it's cloudy, it rains more, and typically that's the altitude that they prefer to live in. Pandas usually don't go around people. They're typically very shy. They kind of steer clear of people which is probably good for them. <laughs> um, 
and like you know most bamboo grows in this altitude so it makes it easier to be where your food is than to just travel around now back to their appearance real quick now like i said they're known for their striking coats of black and white but it's like typically their ears are black and then they have the very common black eye patches with the white face and the neck their arms their tails and legs shoulders are black contrast with their white torso and then the cute thing about pandas is their back paws, they actually point inwards, which gives them kind of a waddling movement when they walk. It almost, I guess, to most people, I guess, to compare it, it's like bow-leggedness is the best way to compare it to. But yes, they walk with a waddling with their back paws or pointed inwards. But even with that, they can actually stand on their hind legs and you can commonly see them like doing somersaults and rolling handstands, you know. But even though they, they can do all these like, like I said, these handstands and stuff, pandas are not the best climbers. They're actually very awkward climbers. Um, I mean, they can climb trees because pandas are closely related to bears, but they, it's more of a like... <laughs> I guess a shimmy up the tree because it's a very awkward climb. Um, there's some videos about it if you guys want to go look them up. I can post one later on Facebook if you guys would like to see. But like I think the most common one is like seeing baby pandas climb trees and then after a while they'll just fall. <laughs> it's cute when you look at it at the time but yeah they're not the best climbers. But they can swim though. I did not know this myself. They can swim. Now, an unusual adaptation that pandas have developed, which kind of came from their diet, um, which, again, they're known for, is pandas have an enlarged wrist bone that functions somewhat like a thumb, like your actual thumb. And that enables the panda to handle food with considerable dexterity, which means he can hold on to it pretty well than, I guess, any other bear can, honestly. Because, like I said before, pandas, most of their diet, about 90 to 98% of it, consists of leaves, shoots, and stems of bamboo. Now, when you're pulling off of bamboo, most people know bamboo it goes straight up. It's really hard. Um, and to pull the shoots off, it's easier if you have a thumb-like appendage than just trying to maul it off. So, that adaptation probably evolved because the pandas needed an easier way to get food off of bamboo and shoots and leaves without having to just maul it because it's easier with a thumb appendage than just your claws. Now, even though that's the majority of their diet, and in fact, pandas spend the majority of their day, about 16 to 24 hours of it, feeding and pooping about 50 times a day, they actually are omnivores. Now, this is going to be a shocker because most people don't know this, but pandas do eat meat. It's very, very rare that they do um, because, again, they have canines, so they have to have meat in their diet, but it's not as much meat as you would think. It's probably about 2% of their diet consists of meat, and they probably very rarely do eat it, if any at all, but they have been shown to eat meat. But primarily, their diet is plants specifically the bamboo stems shoots and leaves um but what's weird is that even though the panda comes from a carniv carnivorous ancestry they still have a hard time 
you know, digesting bamboo, which is why they eat so much. And they kind of counteract, counteract that by eating grass, which goes through their digestive tract, which, again, like I said, they poop so much. Pandas have been seen pooping probably about over 50 times per day. And usually that comes from when you poop a lot, you, an animal species in particular, when you are usually eating something that your body can't digest, like, and pandas, again, like I said, they come from a carnivorous ancestry. So they have to have meat in their diet, but they strictly eat plants there, and their body just can't tear down the cellulose in the plants, especially in the bamboo. So, but like I said before, when it comes to this, they usually break it down by eating a bunch of grass to digest the track and eating it all day, you know, then you ended up pooping. Now, when it comes to pandas and how they live, social life, and all that other stuff, pandas are typically solitary animals, excluding mothers with cubs, typically. But pandas in the wild usually have about one cub. They don't usually have... Twins are rare. Twins are actually more common in captivity but most of the time in the wild, pandas typically only have one offspring. Um, but any, but you know, pandas have a, a good-sized territory that they maintain. Each panda typically marks it with a scent gland that's under their tail, which can also tell which pandas around, gender, you know, if this female's ready to mate. If this male is looking for a female, it's kind of like their little calling card to each other. Like, hey, you know, I'm here. If you're ready to get it on, you know, you can come find me somewhere, you know, and all this other stuff. Now, the other thing, or one of the, I guess, to get off, you know, about what the panda is probably most famous for, besides the typical its appearance and what it eats, is the fact of how rare... A giant panda is, exactly. People probably know, and I'm pretty sure, that panda was, is, is probably the face of the whole endangered animals. Usually when you say an endangered animal, the, one of the first animals you think of is a giant panda. Pandas are some of the rarest mammals in the world, and there's literally, as of this year... 1,000, about a little bit over 1,864 pandas in the wild and over 300 in captivity alone. Now, that number may seem kind of big, but when you think on the retrospect of it, it is actually a smaller number than what their population number should be. Most of this comes from the deforestation and poaching as well. Pandas are victims of deforestations of their habitat, from people building cities, building dams, you know, burning down the forest. There. And since they have such a strict diet, they can't live anywhere else besides where bamboo grows. And then poaching, obviously with the panda bear having a very exotic coat or fur, if you will. Granted, poaching's not their main damage. It's mainly comes from deforestation. Poaching isn't really a big thing for them, but it happens. But, again, poaching is another thing that plays into a role. 
and stated in an earlier video, I believe it was our elephant one, you know, pandas also play a vital role in their ecosystem as well. The, the cool thing about pandas is because they eat bamboo so much, they actually help spread the seeds from one bamboo to the other, and I'll explain what that is. Plants have evolved this mechanism of, because obviously plants can't move, some plants will let their seeds or spores fly out and they'll meet other plants and that's how you make other, you know, new plants. But some plants involve the help of some animals to deliver their seeds from one flower to the next one. Bamboo does this with pandas because it's very easy because pandas go from bamboo to bamboo. It's easy to transfer your, you know, spores from one to the other. And they get stuck on the on the panda's fur and they travel so much that they can actually help spread the bamboo around. Which probably thanks to the panda is why there's such thick bamboo forests today. And not only do the pandas depend on the bamboo, but there are thousands of animals who live in these bamboo forests. Who depend on this ecosystem to live, to survive. And all because of these cute, cuddly things just walk around eating and they help deliver the seeds around. And that should show that pandas are needed. They're beloved by millions of people around the world. And on the bright side about all that bad stuff I just said earlier, pandas are actually moved up from endangered to vulnerable. Which shows hope for our gentle friends. And I know that kind of got a little solemn and a little dark, you know, but endangered animals or species are hold is a very important topic to me, which is why I chose to do pandas today. Because, and like I said before, you have to think about it. 1,864 pandas are around that are in the wild alone. That's not even counting the ones in captivity. And pretty much you can't go outside and go see a panda. You can't go outside and be like, you know, watch what a panda learns or what it does. You know, these these incredible creatures are, you know, they're adorable. They're adorable to look at. But they're still animals. And they have a very valuable lesson to teach us about the ecosystem and the world we live in and the world is bigger than your backyard and something and that's what this podcast is about is to teach you guys about the importance of how I guess to say hmm I'm trying to think of the best way to put it in words. That every animal, regardless of if you know what it is or you don't know anything about it, has a vital role to play. And that you can learn something and also contribute and help the cause to save these wild creatures. Well guys, that got off a little soapboxy at the end. But that's going to be the end of the show for today. 
I do hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you learned something about pandas today. Um, be Make sure you're on the lookout for the schedule for next week's show. Make sure you follow us on our Facebook page. Leave me your questions at the link as well. And I will see you guys next week. And remember to stay wild.